Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. And we can put down a lot of the symptoms that we're going to discuss and touch on today down to heightened stress or just having a lot of plates spinning. We can say it's just because of, yeah, I've just, I've had a sleepless night with the children or yeah, I'm not sleeping that well just now because actually I've got a lot of stress at work. So we can absolutely start to then say, well, it's just because of dot, dot, dot. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. We are jumping inside early symptoms of menopause and spending this time together understanding about how we can identify if we are in fact in the stages of perimenopause. For a lot of us, we ask the questions, right? I hear this time and time again. A lot of times it's Adele, how do I know that it's menopause or how do I know it's perimenopause and what's the difference between these two words? So I'm going to help you to understand a little bit in this space. I'm going to help to appreciate and highlight things that you can do to recognize if it is in fact early symptoms of menopause and of course how you can help yourself and get further support. So let's just start by discussing what menopause actually is. We hear this word a lot right now, okay? And I fully appreciate that we can get confused. Yeah, I am deep inside this space. This is what I do. And yet sometimes I hear things, I read things and I see things and I think, wow, that is super confusing. Like, come on, let's just demystify this a little bit. Let's just make this as super clear as we possibly can for everyone, right? We don't have to overcomplicate it. So discussing what menopause actually is, and we want to understand from a brief overview then where we get to take control and empower ourselves as women in this world, around this big, beautiful world. So wherever you are joining us from today, hello, welcome. It is always amazing to be here and spend this life currency with you. So thank you for choosing to spend yours with me. Menopause is a natural biological process. We appreciate that. We know that it is a natural part of female aging. And, you know, we're using this word natural a lot in there, but it doesn't mean that we just have to accept it because it's natural. This is a bit of a process in our biological aging as women that occurs typically. And when we say typically, this is kind of that benchmark age category of between our 40s and 50s. However, as we've covered in many previous episodes before, age is kind of a red herring for many of us, especially those of us who are here right now like me, who have entered into early perimenopause. So again, if you're new to this podcast, hello, welcome. It probably will help you to understand that I went into early perimenopause in my early 30s. It took a lump, a really long number of years for that diagnosis or confirmation to come. And it wasn't until I was 37, it was probably about 34, 35, that I started to recognise that it was actually hormonal related it was probably my early 30s, around 33, that I remember not feeling great. A couple of years in, I definitely wasn't feeling great. 
And it took about 18 months, just over 18 months to get a confirmation that it was in fact perimenopause. And just after my 37th birthday, I started my hormone replacement therapy journey. So that's a little bit of a a snapshot for those of you that are new into this space. So when we talk about age being typically between 40s and 50s, it is a bit of a red herring because age is, for a lot of women, irrelevant in this space. I myself, being in my early 30s when I realised something wasn't right, confirmed at the age of 37, greatly believe that I'm not actually in early perimenopause. I hugely, hugely believe that it is actually about the normal time frame that women start to go through these hormonal changes and we start to see drops and declines in our key sex hormones as women. I reckon that it's just purely because we have no research really in this space that realistically shows that this is quite normal. So as much as we talk about it being early perimenopause for me personally on my own journey, I do actually massively believe that there is a theory behind that I was just so connected with my body that I recognised the changes. For many of us, we are at the height of our careers or we are, we're climbing that corporate ladder. We are really flying in our businesses. We maybe have young families or caring duties and we can put down a lot of the symptoms that we're going to discuss and touch on today down to heightened stress or just having a lot of plates spinning. We can say it's just because of yeah, I've just, I've had a sleepless night with the children or yeah, I'm not sleeping that well just now because actually I've got a lot of stress at work. So we can absolutely start to then say, well, it's just because of dot, dot, dot. So I don't believe that I am in fact in early perimenopause. I believe that this is quite a normal stage of life for the majority of women to go through. And it's just been because I've had really deep connection with my body itself that I've recognised in my early 30s that something was changing. So what can we as women expect during the phase of entering into perimenopause? Perimenopause being that stage of life that happens after we enter into our changes, our hormones start to take a bit of a drop and it's around about that time that we are entering into perimenopause, which is the stage before menopause. Menopause being one day, menopause being A day after you've had 12 consecutive months of no period bleeding. So no menstruation for 12 consecutive months plus one day, that one day being your menopause day, after which you are postmenopausal for the remainder of your life currency here on earth. So as we look at this, what can we expect? The early symptoms of perimenopause can vary from women to women. We are all beautifully unique and I praise and celebrate that. But when we look at this in terms of the severity and duration, again, we appreciate that everyone is unique. Around 25% of women report this being severe, life-changing and altering symptoms. The rest highlighting that, yeah, you know, it's, it's quite disruptive in some form. And for a lot of women, there's not even that much of a change for them. So we are all unique in our own journey. Some common signs, however, can include irregular periods. So we start to notice changes in those. Changes being anything that is not normal for you. It might be that you have got a shorter menstrual window or a longer one. It might be that you have lighter bleeds or heavier flow. Anything that is deemed to be different for you, even to the pain levels, 
you may not have suffered from pain previously. You may have had slight cramping, but it didn't interfere with anything. And all of a sudden you are crippled with period pain. So these are changes. Hot flushes or night sweats. Again, flashes for my ladies in America. We appreciate that this can be quite a debilitating symptom for many women. And mood swings. Yeah, this is one that we can start to notice early on, but again, put down to having such a life. Stressful period, let's put it down there. High-end career, busy life, and it's just, you know, the mood swings can come. Vaginal dryness, sleep disturbances, changes in your libido and sex drive. These are all signs that you may be entering into your perimenopause stage of your journey. And symptoms for some women can last in perimenopause through to postmenopause. So it's not even that, you know, I hear this a lot actually. Oh, you know, I've sailed through it and that's my menopause over. It's never over and it's not anything that we need to fear. It's not anything that we need to think, holy shit, I just need to get through this and everything will be fine. No, it's not needing to be in that form. We get to leverage this time in our life and we get to actually use it as an opportunity, as a core platform and foundation of appreciating that these symptoms are coming, but we get to do a lot about them. So for some women, these symptoms can last the whole way through from perimenopause to postmenopause and for years on. So we don't need to grin and bear it, ladies. We get to absolutely step into our superpower and not just get by. So let's touch on some of the most common early symptoms and break down each symptom together and discuss it in more detail. I'm going to first touch upon irregular periods because this is normally one that we would recognise for those of us that still have a bleed that there are changes. One caveat to this being anybody that is using contraception, whether that be the contraceptive pill, whether that be the implant, the injection, the marina coil, we may not be having a bleed. So again, if you are running your contraceptive pill packets back to back, then you will not be having a bleed. If you, like me, have the marina coil, then you may not have had a bleed for many years. So you don't know whether your hormones are changing and your periods are irregular at this point. But if you are still having a bleed, then we want to look at what causes irregular periods and how can women manage this change. So irregular periods occur due to fluctuating hormone levels particularly your estrogen and your progesterone. And these two changes can cause our menstrual cycle to become unpredictable at best. Women may experience heavier or lighter flow, which we've touched upon. You may experience longer or shorter cycles. And you may even have skipped periods. I know for many women that reach out to me, this can be quite a a worrying time of thinking that especially as you're navigating through into the later stages of maybe your life of wanting to have children or reproduce and have more family, you may, like me, have reached a stage in your life where you are happy that you have had your family now. So if you have a skipped period and you have a pregnancy scare, again, one disclaimer and just putting this out there, I fully appreciate that many women have entered into their early stages of menopause and not then been able to have their family as a result. So I send the most love to all of you. I have people close in my life that this has impacted on them and my heart breaks for the fact that they have not had the opportunity to have their family because their hormones went into early 
decline and early menopause. So not just early perimenopause for these ladies in my life, but early post-menopause and being given the devastating news that they cannot have their own families. I fully hear that and see you and feel you and give you all the love if you are one of those ladies in this space right now. Even skipped periods, and these can trigger a lot of things, can trigger a lot of emotions and feelings. So what we want to be able to do is understand that if we track our menstrual patterns, this can be super helpful for us understanding what it is that is normal or deemed normal for us and where there has been changes. Women can also consult their healthcare provider to rule out any underlying conditions. If any of these heavier bleeds, unpredictable flows, longer or shorter cycles or skipped periods have in fact been something that you are experiencing. So ruling out any underlying conditions and exploring what management options are there that can be tailored to your needs. So this is important. Number one, our periods can fluctuate. If you are already tracking your cycle, you are going to notice when that change occurs and how to the severity of. Next up, hot flushes or hot flashes and night sweats. We're going to put those two together. These are often the most associated symptoms with menopause, but not every lady will face them. So hot flushes or hot flashes and night sweats are caused by hormonal changes again that affect the body's thermoregulation. I love this word, but ultimately your thermoregulation inside your body, this is your body's ability to regulate your temperature and as estrogen or estradiol in particular decreases in perimenopause, this can have such a direct impact on the brain being able to regulate your body's temperature. So its ability to show up and do what it needs to do becomes challenged. Okay, that can be quite disruptive symptoms and affect a woman's quality of life. I'm sure you've all witnessed this yourself if you're not already struggling through your hot flushes, flashes or night sweats that you'll have recognised and witnessed it in others in your life. If we think about this, then lifestyle modifications can help. So a couple of top tips, dressing in layers This was something that when I experienced a few minor, now I do say minor, they felt horrendous, but they were minor in comparison to many other women. When I felt these minor hot flushes that happened to me, dressing in layers was an absolute lifesaver. Okay, when I say layers, I don't mean layers and layers. I mean, I would start to wear little light flowing tops, but have a vest or a a sports bra underneath So that if I did have an episode, I was able to strip off. And we all know that after having a flushing episode, we get those cold flushes as well. And those are a thing. Those are part of the menopause journey. I actually had a couple of hot flushes, but I more so, and I don't say the word suffer because it's it's something that I've managed now and I know how to cope with them. And actually having hormone replacement therapy for me personally has helped with that. But I have cold sweats. Yeah, I've got cold hands, extremities, feet. I get sweaty in those areas and I get the shivers. So for me, it's not so much the hot flushes, it's more the cold flushes that impact. And they can be quite disruptive, just like hot flushes can. So having layers that you can layer up in can be so supportive as a top tip. Carrying a jumper with me is an absolute lifesaver. You will see me even on hot days having at least a cardigan on me in case I have a cold flush. 
Keeping the bedroom cool for those of us that struggle in the evening time. And it has been really tough in the UK where we are, and I'm not complaining, because of course with my cold flushies, having the hot weather has been my absolute yes moment. But for those of you that struggle with the opposite, you have these hot flushies and it feels like you are literally on fire from inside out, then keeping the bedroom cool. Another big one, managing stress. Stress on the body can come in many different forms. We can have physical stress and we can have emotional or psychological stress, both of which are stresses on the body. Now, stress is not just about, I feel stressed. Stress in the cells of the body is also apparent. And this is where we can experience things like inflammation. We can experience pain and discomfort. And it's important for us that we appreciate and acknowledge this. So helping yourself to manage stress is really important for your vasomotor symptoms like your flushing and sweating. Avoiding triggers. So again, for you as an individual lady, understanding what triggers these flushing symptoms and trigger episodes. But for some women, caffeine can be a stimulant for that. Other things like spicy foods and alcohol can alleviate and elevate your symptoms. So thinking about it is one of these moments of, do they help me? Does adding spices to my food help me with certain flushing? Or does it actually exasperate? Because for some women, believe it or not, having some chili flakes or some spices added to their meals helps them with their flushing. Other ladies, it really triggers it and makes it worse. So this is where we are individuals. And I encourage you to really get connected with your body. What is a trigger and what is a helper? Additionally, some women may opt for hormone replacement therapies or other menopause therapies, whether that be through alternative and complementary routes or whether that be through your pharmaceutical hormone grade level. So again, understanding what is right and what is going to support you and trialing them. Remembering that you can trial treatment. Just because you opt for one route doesn't mean you need to stay there if you realise it is not supporting you. Next up is mood swings and emotional changes, one that really impacted me at the start of my own journey. I want to look at how women can manage these symptoms effectively because this was something that I still hold now some trauma around. I still hold some guilt and shame. I'm working on it, don't worry. (laughs) I'm doing my inner work to really work through that. But as a mum to twin daughters that were very young at the time, I had the most shortest fuse ever. Oh my Lord, when I think about it now, the screaming matches, yeah, the the punishment rather than discipline, it was awful. And I think about it now and, you know, I forgive myself over it, but we have to consider that There's a lot that our hormones play a role in and having short tempers, mood swings. Yeah, sometimes we can control them and other times we cannot. And we need to just be forgiving of ourselves for those. So mood swings and emotional changes during menopause, primarily driven by fluctuating hormone levels. Our hormones have a lot to answer for, don't they? It's kind of a bit like, what the heck isn't at this time in life, right? You're you're like, my toe itches is hormones. Yeah, my lips are cracking, it's hormones. My nails are flaking, it's hormones. So your hormones play a massive part to your overall well-being, happiness, health, 
and you know things like just now for me a big one was my hips and my toes and my ankles and my wrists all clicking out of the blue that was something that I recognized wait a minute this is not normal what's happening here it wasn't painful but they were making clicky noises all over the place so again your hormones have a lot to answer for including the bloating yeah no matter what you eat and you bloat okay so must be hormones So it's important to acknowledge and address that these hormonal um, and emotional shifts can happen as part of this journey as well. As women, we can benefit from a lot of different things. So let's look at how you can support yourself where mood changes or mood swings are occurring. You can benefit a lot from regular movement. Let's not underestimate just even getting out for a 10 minute walk. 10 minutes is better than no minutes and it really stimulates your gut When your gut is stimulated, you are more likely to produce beautiful amounts of serotonin, your happy hormone. When you produce beautiful amounts of serotonin, your happy hormone, you are more likely to produce beautiful amounts of melatonin, your sleep hormone. So let's not underestimate just being getting ourselves outside for some steps for health. This is why it is a non-negotiable when you work with me and my team. We help you to establish that habit. We help you to appreciate and understand how you can really help yourself. So regular movement, engaging in stress reducing activities like stretching, yoga, meditation, beautiful bringing into your life. And we're not talking about needing to have an hour dedicated every day. Yeah, if you've got the opportunity to do that hour, marvellous. But if you don't and you're a super busy lady, then please just dedicate even a few moments to stretch to allow your body to be loved. Seeking support from loved ones is another one. This is really important. Communication. Yeah, let's make sure that we've got this and consider that this type of communication and support from loved ones can become your therapy. We're on the topic of therapy. Beautiful to be able to bring in some therapy and counselling if you feel that that is needed. Again, these tools are all there for you at your disposal. So having that open communication with your loved ones, with your family members, with your friends of how you're feeling, letting them come in on that support journey with you. It's actually crucial and exploring these potential treatment options can be as easy as I need help. Now let's talk about vaginal dryness. This was one again that I really suffered from and I'm so pleased to say that it is so much under control now. We're probably about 97% controlled with this now. So vaginal dryness is a real common symptom and it has such an impact on our happiness as women, on our sexual health as women and I want to be able to give you some advice for managing this symptom because I've dealt with it, I'm dealing with it, still at the front line of this one. So vaginal dryness is a really common symptom during the early stages of menopause for many women. And it's caused again, here we go, by decreased estrogen levels. There's those hormones again, a lot to answer for. And it can affect the vaginal tissue, the vaginal wall, the vaginal muscles and lubrication. And it can lead to discomfort. We're not just talking about during sex or during sexual pleasure activities. We're talking about just daily day-to-day activities of just wearing underwear Yeah, our vulva, the external part, can become very swollen and sore. So vaginal dryness is not just about being dry on the inside of the vagina. It's more than that. It's vaginal pain. 
yeah, the, the higher and extended part of this being more vaginal atrophy or genitourinary syndrome. And this is something that we need to be fully alerted to as women. We don't just need to say, well, I'm too embarrassed to talk about the fact that I have swelling or actually, yeah, I'm really dry that even going to the toilet for, for a wee, as soon as I wipe with any, even the softest, most gentlest aloe vera infused toilet tissue, it's so it's like sandpaper. Like what the hell? So for us, it's the discomfort, the pain. It's not just about the pain during intercourse or sex. It's it's even just the increased discomfort that we can have when we're urinating and peeing. So again, the risk of increased urinary tract infections becomes more common at this stage as well. So where our vaginal estrogen levels are dropping and declining, we can have a lot of vaginal and vulval related issues. Water-based lubricants or moisturizers, let's talk about those because these can provide a lot of relief during these stages of our early menopause symptoms. Again, we moisturise our face, ladies. We moisturise pretty much every part of our body, right? From toes to our scalp, right up there. So why do we not moisturise our vulva? Okay, we don't need to moisturise our vagina, but I'm going to talk about how you can do that in a second. But moisturising and lubricating becomes a lot more pleasurable for us and a lot more happy when we are struggling with our vaginal and vulval dryness. Now, when I talk about lubricating and moisturizing the vagina, that is the inside part, not the parts you can see. This is where having a vaginal estrogen can be so supportive for you. And vaginal estrogen is not actually classified as hormone replacement therapy. So you can ask for this from your GP. You can purchase it over the counter in most countries. And it goes under the name of Gina. But you can, if you are in the UK, for my UK ladies, you can request this through your GP on your NHS prescriptions. And its brand name, there is two options here for a pessary style, which you would pop into the vagina using a small applicator. Um, we have Vagirux and we have Vagifem. These are both the same product type as Gina that you can purchase over the counter. So I would recommend you speak with your GP about that if you have some inquiry related queries. You can also, if you don't like the, the whole concept of a pessary being inserted, you can also benefit from cream and gel forms. So again, thinking about this, what is right for you? But when we talk about moisturizers for the vagina, we can also consider some lubricants. What I would in always include here is be wary of the ingredients and I would ask that you reach out to either myself or to another expert in this field that can support you and guide you to products that are really suited for inserting into the vagina. Let's not go wild with all of these crazy ones out there over counter. Let's just be very alert and vigilant to what is actually ingredient wise included. So if you are not sure, please reach out and ask. I will connect you with the experts in the sex industry as well as in vaginal health. Okay, let's not be squeamish on this, ladies. We get to ask for help and we get to get the right products for it as well. Water-based lubricants, moisturizers. We moisturize our face. Let's moisturize our vulva and our vagina. Tablets can also be prescribed that we've talked about. This is your vaginal pessary. You can also have creams that we talked about. You can have vaginal rings 
and we can get those on prescription. So ask away if you are unsure because it's essential for us to be able to discuss all these options and get the support that's suitable for us. Next up, I want to jump into sleep because sleep is a really big one for many of us that can be such a disrupted stage of our day. These, you know, sleep disturbances can be a result of hormonal changes. There's that word again. But it can also lead through the the likes of night sweats or even physiological and psychological factors. So if we think about how we can support ourselves through sleep disturbances, practicing good sleep hygiene. Yeah, think about what does your bedtime routine look like? Your bedtime routine and your sleep hygiene actually start at the beginning of your day. So maintaining that and maintaining high levels of joy, happiness, connection helps with sleep. So again, what are you doing in your day that brings you joy and happiness in micro moments? Let's think about things like maintaining consistent sleep schedules. Are you someone who is not really in a sleep routine and you are napping through the day or you're finding it very difficult to get to sleep in the evening so you're one or two o'clock in the morning before you fall asleep and then up at six seven or eight a.m let's try to maintain a consistent sleep schedule and encourage our body to switch off a little bit earlier creating a relaxing bedtime routine oh my goodness this should not be undervalued and it so is But being able to switch off for a good hour before you actually go to sleep is a beautiful gift for your sleep disturbances being eradicated. And keeping the sleep environment comfortable and cool can really help your sleep quality. So again, thinking about can you air the bedroom? Can you buy sheets that are maybe, you know, thermogenically um, controlled? All of these things can really support And if you don't already, think about your self-care. This is a vital part of your life as part of all of these symptoms, as part of sleep disturbances, your self-care is vital. And I want to share three simple steps to mastering your own self-cares because I get so many women asking me, Adele, what is self-cares? What can I do for it? What do I need to do for it? And you're not alone if you're thinking this when I say, what do you do for self-cares? For so long, you may have been dedicating your energy, yourself, your life currency to others, and you may have forgotten about what you want and need. So let's have a look at what you can do. I want to give you three, but by all means, I invite you to think about what can you do for you above and beyond these three. So number one, something that brings joy. Are you someone who walks past a swing park and thinks, Oh, it's been years since I've went on a swing. Go on the swing, enjoy it. Have reflections back to childhood memories of being on the swing and doing your pile-ups and jumping off. Not recommended if you have not done this in a while, so please put your health first. We do not want any broken bones. But having a think about what you used to do as a child. I have fond memories of being on swings. And this was one of mine years ago when I walked past a local swing park, seen the swings and thought, when was the last time I was on a swing? Must have been over a decade, which is sad, right? But I got on that swing and I done my pileups. I got high in the sky. I closed my eyes and I held on and I just let my body swing back and forward with my eyes closed. And it was my most favorite thing to do as a child. Little did I know back then as a child that that was a form of meditation, connection to the higher spiritual 
worlds. It's like, wow, like that felt amazing as a child to do that. It felt fun. It felt, it just felt unworldly. It felt new worldly. It felt different. So I do this now. It's one of my regular joy activities. I've got a client who does park dancing. She does not give an F. She gets out there and she dances through the parks. It's just whatever connects to you, do it. Bring more joy. Number two, think about nothing. When was the last time that you had a blank diary slot for you to just do nothing? I was discussing this with one of my one-to-one business clients yesterday when she said, I found myself with quite a lot of blank slots in my diary for next week and I'm resisting the urge to fill them. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. This is when we know the work that we are doing is really starting to come and grow its branches and its fruits of labour because when we dedicate to our inner self and we learn that we are okay in the nothingness, we learn that the quiet diary is what we need in that moment, we are able to think about what do I want? I literally have a morning free. What am I doing with that morning? What would bring me the most joy right now? So again, it links into point one, but when was the last time you had a blank diary slot to do nothing and you just allow yourself to decide on the moment rather than plan something? Number three, care for your physical and emotional body. What again do you do for you? what feels abundant, what feels beautiful, what feels safe, what feels high energy that you can do for you. And what that might look like is you might be someone who really thoroughly enjoys going to the gym and lifting weights. That's for your physical and emotional body. You might be someone who loves to do some art therapy work or drawing as part of that. You might be someone who loves to just get into the garden and get your hands dirty. What is it that is really there for you as care for your physical and for your emotional body? So I'm leaving you with today's episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast, brought to you by me for you with this final summary. Early menopause is something that many women will face. When we know and understand our own bodies, we know and understand what feels right and what does not. Knowing that many symptoms can start to present themselves early for us. And when you're connected to your body and yourself and what feels right for you, you are going to be so much more connected to what you can then do to support yourself. If we think about the points that we've covered in today's episode, it's understanding, are you dealing with any of these symptoms? Are you recognising irregular periods? Have you got vasomotor symptoms like flushing, flashing or night sweat? Are you noticing that for you, certain things like mood changes? Are you noticing vaginal changes, dryness or swelling or atrophy? Are you noticing that you're having sleep disturbances? It does not mean that all of these equal early menopause or early signs of menopause. It just means that you're having hormonal changes in your body and seeking some guidance and support for you at this time can be so advantageous to appreciate and understand whether it's due to anything that's underlying or whether it is in fact perimenopause. Nothing to fear with so much that we can do to support. Self-care has been one of them. You get to take the empowered approach to this. So today's episode has been an absolute pleasure and joy to bring you this. I hope that it has shed some light on the early symptoms of menopause and helping you 
as a valued listener, I love you being here, to navigate this natural transition into aging with confidence, vibrancy, a feeling of being supported. Okay, remember that knowledge and understanding are powerful tools when it comes to managing your health, your happiness, and your success in this one lifetime with this decreasing life currency every day that you have been gifted for being here as a miracle on this planet. Yeah, I think we forget that sometimes. I invite you to see how much of a miracle you truly are and that every day that goes by, we do not get that life currency back. So knowing that you have the ability to build your knowledge, to feel empowered, understanding, have these powerful tools in your toolbox is everything. And if you have any concerns or questions about menopause or any other women's health topics, always consult with your healthcare provider and know that my team and I are here for you, with you, to help you with that. Did you know that we bridge the gap between you and your doctor? We have those conversations with your GP practice to ensure the right care is in place for you. We empower you through knowledge building and menopause education during your support with us so that you too can have the care that you want, need and deserve. So if you're needing further support with your menopause journey, please don't sit stuck or lost. Simply reach out to me and ask for that support. It's a beautiful step that you get to take to enhancing your life the one life that you have. And I want to show you exactly how three easy steps get to help you do that forevermore. The ripple effect that that has on your life and those around you, on your success, on your happiness, on your relationships. So if you're ready to do this for yourself, if it's a yes, then I'm ready to help you. So message me the word ready. And in the show notes, there's a link that you can do that either by my Instagram or through my email. And until next week, take good care and be well. Shine vibrantly today because you deserve this. Thank you for being here for your life currency and listening to this episode. And as always, if you have enjoyed it, please do go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. It helps the podcast to reach more women around this beautiful, vibrant world. And if they can take away one thing that helps them lead a really happy, healthy, vibrant life, then you, my friend, have supported that. So by leaving a review, leaving us a little five stars, whatever feels abundant to you, as well as subscribing. We are going to grow further, wider, and I thank you for that. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together, we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.